0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Oregon Libertarian Podcast. This is Will Hobson. I've got Peter here. Um, We are going to talk about issues today. I don't have any issues specifically that I want to bring up, so if uh, we could just start going down the list, I guess, of uh, some of the different issues here in Oregon that uh, maybe here on the eve of the public policy board uh being finalized and the uh, affiliate strategy launching tomorrow we can talk about um just want to make sure peter's in peter you're still muted if you're trying to talk
1: i'm here. Oh, okay great you, yeah, i don't know
0: how's your day going by the way
1: uh not too bad <laughs> uh i have this problem logging in the last couple of times but uh pretty good Glad to be back from a vacation. Um, I see that uh, Greg is talking about the Washington County judge rules against the vape thing. Oh, really? That sucks, man. So they're really going to keep going forward with that.
0: What are they going forward with?
1: Uh, It sounds like they're going to ban anything but regular flavored tobacco, if I'm understanding right, Greg. Oh, they blocked it. Okay, sweet. All right, never mind. We're actually happy about that. Thank you. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, they're they're, they're going to ban everything besides regular flavor, which include menthol, um, any like fruity flavored, and just really any way to shut down anything besides regular tobacco.
0: It seems like such a low priority.
1: <laughs> really, it really does. But that does affect a lot of people. I mean,
0: yeah, no, a lot of businesses, and I'm sure and a lot of consumers and. Weird weird that it's hyper-located in Washington County. I haven't heard of any other Oregon uh, jurisdictions really kind of go after that. That But maybe they already haven't heard of them. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, so uh, yeah, I'm personally uh, about to undertake a massive uh, landscaping project. Uh, I have some neighbors that are Complaining about some blackberries on my property, and I've I've never really owned property before, so this is like my first time even having to deal with uh like how ha- the amount of land that I'm on, like even on my like my that my house occupies, just my house occupies is more land than I've ever ever had a ownership of. So like you, if I pull in even the lot of the whole land, it's it's a a lot to to deal with. No pun intended. Um. But yeah, there's like years of blackberry vines now growing that I gotta get a get a get a handle on. So, uh, I'm not as prepared as I usually, even the little bit of, I usually am for these episodes. So, uh, if we just want to go ad hoc through the issues, uh, you know, here in Oregon. No worries,
1: man. Maybe we should talk about yeah. the affiliate strategy that we're launching here the next couple days.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, uh I think we might have brought it up on some of the episodes, but yeah, tomorrow at 6 p.m. Uh, we'll be, uh, having a kind of like a big, uh, strategy launch where we're going to talk about, um, basically what are going to be our first baby steps towards forming all the different, uh, county level groups here in Oregon. Uh, so there's the state party, but then there's the, uh, on the lower level, there should be a bunch of like little county parties, but. We don't have very many of those and none of them have really taken the final step into being super duper official, 100% county level affiliates. So we are, we're working on that, but in order to get those, the initial seed groups formed, um, we need to give people kind of a path forward to getting started. So if you're just the one, libertarian or two libertarians that you know uh are hanging out in some county in oregon you want to be like hey what do i what's the first thing that i do we're going to give people the, that first thing that they can do and sometimes the taking the first steps the hardest so i think uh, this will be helpful and once we we can grow all the county teams, then we can have volunteers and stuff to pull from from different geographical areas when we're doing bigger things like statewide campaigns or, you know, fundraising events and yada yada yada. So, this will be helpful towards that, and we will talk about that
1: uh, tomorrow, which sure. will be great. I, yeah, I but think the uh, really big one the, thing is to, yeah. Sorry, just check check and see if the, anybody in your county already has like a Facebook page or an Instagram page or a Twitter, and if they don't. Um, make one, and if they do, reach out to them. Make that a way to connect with people in your local area, because um, really, we just want to kind of spread the liberty as much as possible. And uh, if uh, errors are made, we can just link those pages uh, later, next together. So, yeah,
0: start to create the on ramp. Like you don't have to like start putting down the you know the foundation or the rocks or anything, but like start clearing the grass for the on ramp, because that's the county parties are we going to be a lot of people i think uh in the future when we bring people to the party that's going to be hopefully their first contact is the their county party uh and uh so yeah yeah start uh, start making those first tentative steps towards like building that uh, yeah the funnel where we're going to bring people into the larger
1: makes sense well i mean if you don't have any topics, Will, I mean, I've been listening to uh, Dave DeCamp, a uh, huge shout out to him, by the way. He works for Scott Horton at the Libertarian Institute, and his podcast, Anti-War News, has been really at the top of my rotation lately. There's been a huge escalation in the war in Ukraine. Uh, apparently, they're doing a referendum over the next couple of days to decide if the Donetsk and Donatsk, I might be pronouncing it wrong, regions, the separatist oh. regions, want to uh, join Russia or not. And if they do, that would mean that US weapons that are being used will be directly killing new Russian citizens in Russian territory. So,
0: yeah, I heard that the, uh, uh, I guess the Ukrainian government, I don't know if they put it exactly into place yet, but they're going to be doing a, uh, like a, they're going to be threatening a five year prison sentence for anyone aiding in the referendum or like helping organize it i thought they were going to do something for like any citizens that voted in it um but uh yeah kind of kind of goes against the uh like oh like they're just this is just you know like the government's just trying to defend their territory you know like you're libertarians you should be for defending things and it's like oh i don't know they're threatening their own citizens with Jail time if they, you know, make the <laughs> very libertarian, you know, decision to, you know, part ways with their government. So, <laughs> um, yeah,
1: odd. Yeah, I mean, the whole thing's a weird situation. I mean, I don't know how to feel about these referendums. I don't have a lot of faith in them. I mean, supposedly yeah. Crimea wanted to join Russia at a rate of 96%.
0: That's a Putin talking point, Peter. <laughs> Which seems... Everything... Every how are we still we... that
1: through these other things?
0: Uh, I'm sorry. You said something there and I I, it, I think it cut out. But uh, I... Yeah, I was just... And I was just making a joke. You know, every time we uh, get a... Cute, every time we make a criticism about our government's support or corporation's support or other citizens supporting Ukraine... It's always under the label of like, oh, you're just a Putin apologist. It's like you people it's it's really disturbing that other libertarians, you know, that criticize us for this can't themselves can't not still think in a binary of you're either with us or against us. Like I just think you're both idiots. <laughs> I can't I don't understand I mean, why that can't be the answer.
1: If anybody's like against uh Putin, it would probably be Roger Waters from Pink Floyd. <laughs> I mean That guy had a pretty good critique, I think, of just the Western version of the whole war in general, which I thought was uh, pretty refreshing. Not only him, but like uh, Jimmy Dore. So you hear like, oh, okay. well, maybe we're not the only ones that think that maybe both sides of this war are evil. And in general, I think like libertarians have a unique perspective for like most wars. uh, Both sides are wrong and there doesn't have to be a good guy and a bad guy. I think we get stuck in that false narrative a lot.
0: Yeah, because that's a propaganda narrative, because if you're doing propaganda for one side, you're obviously the good guys and the other side's the bad. Um, there's no point in doing propaganda really for if you're a third you know, party uh, to a conflict and you're watching from the outside and both sides are evil. You're like, well, like – just say it as it is. Just tell them what it is. Like, like the only thing I would, the only thing I would like to let other people know is that, uh, don't make me involved. I don't want to be involved. Um, it was funny on, on Twitter. Somebody was saying, uh, you know, uh, it's okay. Like somebody had a meme where, you know, it's like the soy Jack. He's crying he's saying, uh, something to the effect of, um, Oh, oh, I bet you stand with Ukraine, don't you? And, and, uh, the guy was saying, yes, like I, of course I stand with Ukraine, you know, and I, I just said, I, I replied, like, I stand and then parentheses, thousands and thousands of miles away with Ukraine. <laughs> they, um, yeah, it's, it, it's kind of that uh, empty, you know, platitudes like I, I want to be against this, but I don't actually want to put like any any of my own skin in the game. But if my government is gonna do it for me Well, I support my government stealing from other people, giving giving it to Ukraine. Uh I I just want us I want us out of conflict and feeding conflict. I want us you know, if anything if there's anything I want my government doing, I want us like trying to negotiate ceasefires and letting people figure things out civilly uh i definitely don't want them picking uh who should who should be victorious in a war here or there like that's the last thing i want them doing
1: yeah i mean i I think you saw this on twitter earlier but a really interesting i think aspect of of development is that the, the bordering countries that are around russia are refusing Russian people that are trying to flee mobilization. They don't want to fight against Ukrainians in Ukraine. They don't want to be in Russia. But people won't let them be refugees. So they're basically forcing them to fight in the Russian military, like Estonia, um, Kazakhstan, and I think the other countries around there in the EU block. It's like a weird politics game that I don't quite understand because it seems like counterintuitive to even their own interests
0: yeah yeah it doesn't make a whole lot of sense um and by the way i support draft dodgers no matter where they are like i think they're great people and uh like not choosing not to fight in a war like i think people who are choosing to fight and defend their homeland if that's their rationale for it and they are reasonably correct i think that's also uh good and 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 proper but I also i i support people that are uh i guess I, I support people that weren't i would not support somebody who is instigating war and and c- calling for it and then their country uh starts a draft and then them trying to peace out and o- avoid war like i would be pretty against that person but <laughs> uh i i think if you start a fight you you i mean this kind of is outside of the scope of libertarianism but if you um if a fight starts you basically never start a fight but if a, if a fight's coming at you 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 should i don't know i don't know it's it's sorry i've been driving for about no, I, what you're like, saying, I just think ever. it
1: requires like some context i mean yeah like yeah, I, yeah go
0: ahead no go go, go ahead sorry i'm with I'm something here on my desk,
1: so. i was just saying the context would be that uh there, a lot led up to this conflict um I mean, George, original George Bush said that they would not like expand NATO's borders, like past the borders of uh, Eastern Germany. And next thing we know, we're trying to put Ukraine into NATO and they're trying to station nuclear weapons there. So the the analogy I've been trying to use is if you take a bear like the Russian bear and put it in a corner and you get bit, I mean, yeah, it's. It's the bear's fault, but I mean, it's also your fault for putting it in a corner. So, I mean, it's really Ukraine is the victim, I think is really the point we should be trying to get across. I mean, I Ukrainian
0: was actually at.
1: People. Sorry, go ahead. I was
0: say the vast majority of the Ukrainian people, yes.
1: Yeah, I mean, the vast majority of the Ukrainian people, it's true. I mean, the regime, like, maybe, like, is in the pocket, but. Like Maybe an interesting addendum to this is I was at Riot Fest in Chicago, um, which is why I missed the last episode. But on Saturday, uh, Gogol Bordello was actually one of the headliners of the festival, which I really like Gogol. He's an awesome musician. Um, he's a Ukrainian uh, punk musician, and I really love uh, Wanderlust uh, King and um, Immigrata and all of his great hits, but... He also like came out and just like was draped in a Ukrainian flag and like his last couple songs and I was getting ready to see the misfits and I just I felt a palpable uncomfortability in the Misfits fan once he like had the Ukrainian flag draped around him. And we all knew it wasn't that we we, we feel for the Ukrainian people, but we just like we felt so much that we've been pressured like this narrative that's coming from on high that uh, I don't know. We were happy to see the misfits come on stage, I guess is what I was saying.
0: Sure. Yeah. I guess it's really just like what it, you know, the, I guess that's the pro- power of propaganda is that, um, you know, like the, <laughs> we, it, when something is an inorganic and it's being forced on you and you can kind of, you can kind of tell like, no, nah, like you're how much of this is from like legitimate good faith, like concern for the people of Ukraine and how much of this is because it buys points with the right people, people in power and like people that uh, have money. And it's uh, I, I guess that's maybe what I, I cue into uh, a lot, but yeah. Um I guess that's, yeah, Ukraine. Um, Are there any other issues going on? Besides, like, I I would say something that's kind of in my wheelhouse. Um, The uh, Federal Reserve, I I raised interest rates uh, about 75 basis points now. I was seeing on the Wall Street Silver uh, Twitter account that their uh, mortgages now are, are either they're hitting or they're about to hit 7%. Which is just, it's a ridiculous number on a mortgage for people like us that grew up in, <laughs> like, even in the mid, like the 2000s, you know, like interest rates on, like, you know, the, the, like, lamest savings accounts on a bank were like four, you know, 3%, you know, it was like such a negligible number. And like now starting to see interest rates actually get to the point where compounding really starts to pick up steam. Um, kind of mind blowing. It's it's finally happened, and I'm I'm surprised they're able to take it this far without you it even co- coming off the rails even more. Like I know the stock market's getting hit really hard, and uh things are uh you know the economy is tanking. But I, I'm surprised that they were even even able to bring them up this high without like it all just just completely collapsing.
1: Yeah, I mean. I'm sure it's not gonna be great for like anyone's crypto portfolio like short term. I think we're all kind of surprised that rates got raised this far, but I don't think they really have a choice. I mean, we saw what was happening to inflation, but I mean I, I think there's maybe an interesting question here. I've heard more about this theory that uh I think was Phil Luongo, I think was his name. I guess they're talking about it on Timeline Earth and other places that there might be a divergence happening between the World Economic Forum and the Fed, where the Fed is interested in tightening because they don't want the dollar to cease to exist. And the World Economic Forum and the European oligarchs would rather continue with the Great Reset. So I I never thought we would be allied with the Fed, and I guess we're not. I guess the uh, odd bad fellows, any of my enemy and so so, but it does seem like there might be a war between the banksters that might be ensuing soon.
0: Or he muted himself and you there? I'm here. Yeah, can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, I can hear you now. Been here for about forty seconds, so
1: oh it looked like uh... My my thing was still going on, so I mean I'll, I'll repeat myself. So uh, we've got an interesting thing going on. I think with the the raising of rates, uh, I've been following uh, Phil Luongo. I think is his name. He's got a podcast called uh, Gold Guns and Goats, or maybe something like that. Uh, an economist. So I think there's a weird thing developing where the Fed may actually be at odds with the World Economic Forum in European central banks where the fed wants to continue to tighten, whereas the W E F and the European oligarchs would prefer that they loosen. And it seems like we're in a kind of a situation where the enemy of my enemy is my friend. And we may be seeing uh, like a face off between like the banksters and it's going to be interesting how this unfolds.
0: Well, that's definitely a fascinating conundrum. Uh I was definitely thinking, you know, like, the two power factions, I think that would be, you know, like, the traditional, like, the Democrats would want, like, would they just, like, sit there and let them be completely wiped out in the midterms? Like, this is a lot of people's careers on the line, like, how they make money, like, if the midterms are really bad and we're in the midst of, like like, the pain point, like, the tip of the spear of a really painful recession, like... And I saw Elizabeth Warren was alluding to, like she's even like at least economically knowledgeable to know that if the rates keep going up, it's going to trigger a massive like correction and recession, that and that's always bad for the incumbents in power. So I, I, I for the longest for the longest time I've realized I, I've kind of known that yeah the the Fed if the Fed lets inflation get out too bad then the thing they control the dollar is lost and a lot of their power is gone. But on the other side, the opposing force is like the political will to get reelected for a lot of people, and are they? If they let the interest rates keep climbing up, that's going to make that a problem. So, like, at what point, I guess, does do does political influence start to really come down to bear on the Fed for raising interest rates? I think we're reaching that inflection point because it sounds like. Elizabeth Warren is getting pretty vocal about it, and I. I But the thing is, I don't I haven't heard it from other people, and I think that's the issue with the Democratic Party is they're very economically illiterate to the point where they don't even know what's in their best interests, even short term politically, an uh, economics standpoint. So,
1: looks like we might have a caller here, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that there's maybe smarter people in the room. Not to say that the people of the Fed are very smart, but. I mean, they realize that if they don't start raising rates now, we should—they yeah. should be way higher. But
0: right, and I, I think they're, they've been doing that because the the political, um, you know, backlash hasn't really appeared yet. But I think it's now appearing because the pain is starting to get felt, and that's yeah, yeah. So it's it's interesting. Yeah, I definitely see why they've had to keep doing it. But let's go ahead and take uh, Gregor's uh, call. Go ahead, Gregor, go ahead and mute yourself. and you're uh, you're up if you want to go ahead
2: all righty sorry i forgot to turn my microphone on that was silly and of me can you hear okay. me now yeah we can hear you now okay yeah and i was sitting there trying to figure it out and i just forgot to push a button anyway um you know I, w- I was a teenager during the carter administration you know i'm an old fart and uh i've seen these kinds of inflations before um I was just getting at the age when I was cognizant of it and you know I was saw it during the even during as late as the eighties because it didn't calm down for quite a while, um, after the, you know, 70s. And I, I think the Fed is is stuck in the conundrum where they want to be in control of the world money, and then we have the dichotomy of that and the World Economic Forum who wants us to go away as a power. And that's really kind of where we're stuck at, where the Democrats think you can print money, you know, you can print your, where they have this whole, let's print money to, you know, just get more money to make it all go better. As we all know, that doesn't work. Um, You know, wealth is created by manufacturing, not by printing money. Um, So I I, I think, I think they really are willing to commit suicide because they think they're right. And the end, what's going to end up having happening is either they're going to finally end up as the party that disappears or, they're going to end up as a party in total control, which of course will be bad for us.
0: Yeah. I kind of think it's going to be bad either way. Uh, but I guess which one's less bad maybe is an interesting <laughs> point of discussion. would be nice if it could collapse to such a degree that, um, you know, differing power dynamics and groups can you know, come online and, you know, uh, exert some, some influence and some force, but um yeah, I've definitely I've felt this way for a while that economic illiteracy is our like our major enemy.
2: <laughs> Absolutely.
0: Yeah. So if uh you've got a friend that's even tangentially interested in economics, you should talk to them about it or like share articles. Uh it's uh, it's always good to spread spread that knowledge around. Um well, what other? It's nice uh, to see the
1: Bitcoins basically unchanged, I guess, since that rate. I mean, the last time they raised rates, I think it went down from like 24 to <clears throat> like 18, I guess, rebounded. So yeah. I don't know. Uh, is that maybe a good segue to what's going on in the crypto markets? Did you have another topic, Will?
0: Oh, no. Yeah. Let's talk about crypto. I'm not as knowledgeable as you are about crypto, but uh, how
1: is crypto going, Peter? It's interesting. It's been basically in stasis as far as I can see for like the last uh, month or so. I mean, look at the Bitcoin chart right now and last three months, we're between like 24 and 18. And especially the last one month, it's been pretty much between 22 and 18. It's really hard to say. I mean, everybody said that Bitcoin was going to be the like solve for inflation. But Bitcoin has like, at least in my experience, responded to inflation. And I think the smart, the smarter people than me would say that, all right, well, there's a lot of institutional investors out there. And the way that they move is the way that the market moves. So I remember that in the last crash, like we were at about 27, 22,000. And then when we crashed last time. A lot of that just had to do with flight risk, I think, because a lot of people don't understand like the fundamentals of Bitcoin. But I mean, I'm I'm holding personally. I mean, uh, I'm waiting till get at least like 30, 35 before I start thinking about selling any of my coin. But
0: yeah, are you familiar with a concept called Gresham's Law,
1: Pierre? Um, I think so.
0: Yeah, it's the one where uh, you know good um, bad money chases out. Uh, where people essentially they, they could, uh, uh, if they see a money uh, or a currency that they know like they're really strong, feel strongly that it's going to increase in value they take it out of the system and they save it and hoard it but they don't end up using it as, as a money because then they'll lose out on the upside in the future but money that yeah. they, uh, yeah, gets into, yeah it gets anticipated that is, is going to reduce in value. Those are, That's the money that people spend and use as currency. And I think maybe that has created some issues with the adoption of Bitcoin uh, compared to the dollar, is that the dollar, everyone knows it's going down. So everyone keeps spending it and using it as a medium exchange, but people don't want to use their Bitcoin as a medium exchange because they don't want to lose out on the upside. Um, I find... I find that to be a real a really big conundrum for like defeating the dollar. I I honestly I'm at the point now where in my in my libertarianism where I'm a bit of an accelerationist and I, I see the dollar as kind of the the foe. Like I kind of want the dollar out of the way because if the dollar is at this point goes down and gets defeated, well that does cause some economic well actually not some quite a considerable amount of economic pain here in the West and in the United States. It also takes care of the military-industrial complex, Washington's, you know, bloodthirsty wars, you know, the excessive spending. Like it, it essentially, if with a kind of a finality, I think would trigger the collapse of the current system that is bringing so with it so many of the woes that were, you know, railing against. That, um, uh, yeah, I uh, I don't know how to get. I don't know how to, like, what would the solution is to get people to, you know, try to start using gold and silver or crypto more uh, in in place of the dollar.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't have a great argument against just keep, like, piling in. Like, just get your money in something more stable than the U.S. dollar, especially, like, a Bitcoin. I really like uh, Monero, especially gold, silver, but Makes me think of a a point with like I was on the max like going to a footwear company that may not be named uh, back when I still worked there in uh, Mm -hmm. May of 2020. Remember talking to this guy on the train like, what is happening? Like the Dow, the S and P, gold, silver, Bitcoin, Ethereum are all going down at the same time. This this seems like unprecedented time. So it seems like we need maybe some time horizon to understand like what's actually happening in the economy just cuz the times are so like unprecedented.
0: Yeah. I I think that uh Yeah, the market's essentially like a voting machine and if everyone's negative on everything, I guess everything goes down, but um <laughs> the uh yeah, the I don't know. I, I I definitely want to start teaching people, like, just have some basic, you know, mitigation strategies in place for, like, you know, give get people, like, the barest, like, first knowledge on, like, how to use crypto, like, the barest knowledge on how to use gold and silver. And I think I'd like to start teaching some classes like that on, like, uh, inflation mitigation. Ooh, that'd even rhyme.
1: No, that'd definitely uh, be good, just because most people don't even understand the difference between, like, having money on Coinbase and, having your own keys and the meaning behind like uh, not your keys, not your coin and all of that because there's a lot of people that are kind of somewhat interested in cryptocurrency and even, I mean, there's a lot of like things going on in a like, gold and silver like versions of cryptocurrency that, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of explanation that could be provided to people that want to get more into it.
0: Right. Well, I think the the thing with crypto is that it can go in so many different directions and it's like a new technology, almost kind of like the Internet, where like you can do so much with it. And everyone talking about all these things that crypto can be and they don't uh, I think maybe it starts to get hard to get back to basics and like what it is on like just like the base base level and teaching new people that are maybe like, you know, a little older, a little bit harder to take up new things. I mean, I was almost getting to that point with with it, (laughs) but uh, it's definitely important, Um, especially now if the credit card companies are going to be flagging gun purchases. You know, I've always thought that like getting off of the, you know, the, those, you know, the credit card, you know, cartel uh, is, is
1: important. (laughs) I mean, buy your guns with crypto, gold, silver, or just better yet, make them yourselves. (laughs)
0: <laughs> 3d print they just squirt it out <laughs> yeah. that's a funny video uh i'll have to find that sometime um cool well uh i don't know if there's like we should probably bring up like one issue that's like uh relevant to oregon and uh maybe call it a call it a episode um
1: i mean, i'm happy about that band that came through I mean, that, like, didn't pass. Uh, I know Richard Burke has been fighting pretty hard for that, so would be nice to which, hear um, which how reason? Richard feels about that.
0: Can Can you go ahead and uh, explain well,
1: what the word? No, what Greg was talking about at the top of the episode. I mean, they, they were trying to ban basically oh, yeah. anything but, like, uh, regular flavored cigarettes. Which, oh, uh, I'm sorry. I don't about, understand. Yeah, sorry, yeah. yeah. Uh, it, but... That's great. Probably, I'm also going probably, to... Uh, Western Liberty Network um, that Richard Burke is hosting, I guess, uh, next Saturday. So, if people aren't aware of it, um, I don't have the website, but I guess if you have any notes, I can post them in there. But yeah, yeah,
0: we got to build uh, institutional knowledge, and we all have to, yeah, start learning new skills and things so we can <clears throat> build up our our state party here and uh, be more effective. And I know that uh, we drop the ball sometimes, but uh, I think a lot of us are trying and I, I I'm definitely the person too is like, if there's a, a better person than me that wants to step up to my role and, you know, take the ball forward and lead us forward. I'm fine with that. If I, if I legitimately think someone is going to do a better job than, than, than me, I'm, I'm fine with stepping aside. I don't have to be the alpha, but uh Yeah i I think we we're starting to get a, get a good group of like interested activists people with a lot of different skill sets and I think if we continue to network and bring people together we will get um, get what we're looking for uh out of this out of this group or at least more so um, cool all right well I'm gonna end it there um uh, uh Peter, did you have anything you want to plug or toss out there?
1: Nope. Just, uh, follow the, uh, Oregon Mises Caucus at, at, uh, LMP, sorry, LPMC Oregon. And, uh, yeah, looking forward to the affiliate strategy coming here, uh, in the next couple of days. So. Yeah.
0: And you can find that at, uh, you know, by the time this episode releases, it'll probably already be done, but you can find future events, uh, at LPOregon.org. You go to the website, go to the events section and see what events are happening. Um, The only thing I will plug besides that is I'll let you guys know that Scott Horton did a fantastic, that fantastic interview with Roger Waters that's out now. So if you haven't already listened to uh, that podcast, that's a much better podcast than this podcast. You should go listen to that first before you ever listen to this one. Uh, Go listen to, uh, yeah, the Scott Horton show and go, and there should be one of the most recent podcast episodes was his episode with Roger Waters from Pink Floyd. So um it's really heartwarming to see two uh, anti-war like behemoths uh, from different, probably considerably different political backgrounds, kind of come together and want to work together to get some get some stuff done. So, uh, yeah. Go Anyone, check that sorry, out.
1: one more thing. Sorry. Sure, um, anti-war news. Dave DeCamp. camp. I love this podcast. Like I literally listen to it every day with my morning coffee. Dave DeCamp camp is fucking killing it he works with he works for scott horton so yeah follow him all
0: right awesome cool all right well everyone have a have a good night and thanks for tuning in and we'll talk to you next week bye thanks bye